Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Good morning. It's time to uh, take a look at what we're going to do for our farm show today. You've got Jill Welke here to get these chores done and help you to get through your chores as well. A funny story. I went out my house door this morning and I have chickens, okay? There was a chicken that greeted me at the door and they are locked up at night so I'm not sure what it was thinking, but it was all snuggled up, and I actually took and picked it up, and I put it back in the coop because I didn't know where it would be if I didn't, and uh, it was it let me catch it. I'm My chickens are not such that you can really catch them. <laughs> they just are kind of, they're birds, and they're pretty independent. So that's my funny story of the morning. Um, yesterday, I went on quite an adventure. I went down to Alma Center, and I talked to the FFA kids down there for the Lincoln um, AC, uh, ACHM FFA chapter. So it's Alma Center, Humbird, Maryland chapter. And uh, they've got a brand new ag teacher there and getting a lot of excitement going on and and a lot it's always good to see the new teacher and new ideas coming in and the students willing to do some of this stuff so um and then to make my day even a little longer i went down to melrose maduro and visited with uh steve bow and and the ffa chapter down there and they've got a lot of stuff going too <laughs> one of the things that they do is they go out and visit farmers in the fall and give them a sweet treat and I think that's exactly what they called it was a sweet treat and check on the farmers to make sure that everything is going well and it's always that community part and community service that's always really neat for me to hear about so and this weekend I'm getting a little ahead of myself on the recordings but this weekend we've got the Lincoln uh, ACHM FFA chapter will be on the air, so look for that a little after six on Saturday morning. And if you miss it, it's always on the podcast, or it's always on the Wax website. So on Monday after it airs, I put it on the Wax website. Click on Midwest Farm Report and find the interview tab. So, and I always encourage them to share that information out because sometimes uh, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles like to hear what those. Uh, members have to say so we better get back here into the farm show and we're going to talk tractor sales and combine sales and corn stored in wisconsin and soybeans stored in wisconsin and we're going to even dive into december food prices so those december food prices took a dip according to data analyzed by the usda economist megan Schweitzer. Food prices in December were 1.3% higher compared to last year, 
yet dropped one-tenth of a percent compared to December 2022 for the food used at home category. That's your groceries, your uh, what you're going to prepare at home. Of the 22 foods surveyed, 12 of them cost less. Fish and seafood, dairy products, eggs and fresh vegetables in December 2023 than December 2022. I find that interesting that those food prices, they, you know, fluctuate. And even though they were up 1.3%, the rate of inflation for normal food prices is 2.5%. So they were up, but not up as much as they could have been. We'll find out some more about those prices and we'll hear a little bit about retirement in uh, a gentleman that has a lot to do with the crops. Keeping it rural, Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time to look at the temperatures around the area. There is a wind chill advisory out there yet, but right here in Eau Claire, our real feel is two below, which is the temperature of uh, right outside the back door. So here in Eau Claire, negative two. Medford, negative eight. Rice Lake, three below zero. Wausau, zero for their temperature. Green Bay, two. Marshfield, four below. La Crosse, two. Madison, four degrees. And Milwaukee, a balmy 14 degrees. And they are cloudy down Madison, Milwaukee area. So I'm assuming that kept some of the heat down from yesterday. And yesterday it was a little bit bright out there and it was nice driving to see when I was down south and and uh, traveling yesterday so had to get those sunglasses out because it was a little bit brighter than it had been. Today we are going to stretch up to 10 degrees tonight four below zero tomorrow seven tomorrow night 11 below and then we're finally going to get out of this cold snap and get into the 30s early next week and it's time for our first look at markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll start out with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 169 to 180 with the choice fed beef heifers 169 to 177. And our finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 174. And our choice fed Holstein steers are 143 to 146 with select and silage fed steers 117 to 142. Cows are 75 to 118 with no quote from the bull market. Shorn market lambs are 150 to 187. Feeder lambs are 2 to 285. Ewes are 80 to 115. Small goats are 100 to 190 dollars. Medium goats are 150 to 270 dollars. Large goats are 225 to 320 dollars with nanny goats at 120 dollars. And our futures markets. Our live cattle futures for February, they're trending downward by just two cents to 173.10. But in April through August, we're trending upward 175.62 for April, and that's up 45 cents. June, 172.80, up 62 cents. And August, 173.42, up 60 cents. And our feeder cattle futures, those are trending upward. January 228.42 up 87 cents. March 229.77 up 95 cents. April up 92 cents to 235.20. May 240 up 
it's it's at sitting at two forty, up ninety seven cents. And August two fifty five seventy five, up seventy five cents. And our lean hog carcasses, those are trending upwards today too. February seventy one forty five, up sixty seven cents. April seventy seven ninety seven, up forty cents. May eighty three ninety five, up five cents. And June ninety two seventeen, up twelve cents. We'll slide on over to our Chicago Board of Trade. Seeing some movement on our crop prices because of our cold Arctic air. And there's good weather in Brazil, but it is dry in Argentina. So looking forward to that cold air being uh, moving on, moving through. So corn for March is at 444, up two cents. March oats are at 360, up six and a half cents. March soybeans are up six and a half cents to twelve twelve. March soybean meal is at three hundred fifty nine dollars a ton, up a dollar. And March wheat is at five eighty one, but that is down a half. And moving on over to our cheese markets, barrels are at one forty six and three quarters, down a quarter. Forty pound blocks are one fifty, down one and a half. And our gray double A butter is at two fifty eight, up one and a quarter. And our class three milk futures for January holding steady at fifteen sixteen for February down two cents to fifteen seventy one. March sixteen fourteen down four cents. April sixteen ninety holding steady from yesterday. And May seventeen fifty down eight cents. And that market is trending downward. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the federal milk marketing orders. They are uh, talking again. They're having their uh, talks in Carmel, Indiana. It started on Tuesday, so we're a couple days in. And and I will do a little research on that to find out what's going on. Last November, we were down to the... Uh, NAFB convention, so the Broadcasters Convention in Kansas City, talk in the trade talks and learn uh, anything you, you can imagine we can learn about. But I caught up with Matt Souter from Mosaic, and we talked biologics. And I thought it might be a little bit interesting this morning. Venture into the biologics, a little bit of explanation and what's going on at Mosaic. I want to learn more about the biologic part, biosciences that you guys have gone through here at Mosaic, because it's always a changing world. What's going on with the biologics? Biosciences side of the world is so, there's so many moving parts and it's so diffuse. There's not really this base of knowledge because everything below ground is almost new again, right? We're all discovering all these wonderful things that are happening. Here's the story behind Mosaic. Mosaic has long been the leader in balanced crop nutrition, providing season-long nutrition so your crops can deliver best-in-class yields. And the reality is that sort of approach takes into account the fact that there is always room for improvements in nutrient use efficiency. It's not because people overapply. It's because nature is not perfect in capitalizing on synthetic fertilizer that enters the plant. So when we talk about advanced crop nutrition, which is the next level of nutritional Uh, effort, it's taking balanced crop nutrition and adding a biological. What we do with our biologicals is we try and improve nutrient use efficiency in the rhizosphere and so it makes it a perfect line extension from where Mosaic's been to where we're going. So how are those biologics 
complement the fertilizer here at Mosaic? That's a great question. It's one of the number one questions is how does it work, okay? Um, and just so you know, when you talk about biological products, it's a diverse category. You have live microbes, you have biostimulants, and then there are extracts and digests and you know other sort of mixes that you can in, it, get into. But our products are, are live microbe populations, and what we do is we introduce bacteria that are called plant growth promoting rhizobacteria, PGPRs for short, because it's a mouthful. And what those PGPR do is they work within about a millimeter of the root surface. It's a place we call the rhizosphere. And in that rhizosphere, they create organic acids, they liberate additional nutrients from the rhizosphere, and they make them more available. Then they make it actually, the plant takes it up a little better because of an improved microbial community. And so what you get is this improvement in nutrient use efficiency without adding more nutrients uh, to the mix. You know, in that instance, that's the goal. We're, we're, we're taking a natural process and we're implementing it in a way that helps the plant to capitalize on that natural process. Sounds to me like it's just making everything work a little bit harder, isn't it? Well, you, you could say that, we're, but we're putting the right guys in the right place. Tell you what, let me give you another example. If you're farming wheat, which I'm presuming is for, for your marketplace, probably a, a relatively normal crop, am I wrong? Soybeans. Corn and soybeans. Well, then we'll pick on wheat farmers because it's, soybeans would be a close second to this. But let's, let's go, we'll go down the soybean road. Customers pick a soybean variety because it's been selected or bred for that particular environment, right? We all want the best yielding variety. Customers plant a specific population of soybeans. Some plant less, some plant more. But all of us would say we have a point where we go, it's not enough, right? Okay, that's a fair push. And we would all say, we're not worried about soybeans escaping from the field and taking over the forests or the bardiches or ruining the pheasant or anything else. It's a natural process to grow soybeans. And once a year, at the end of the year, Mother Nature resets that process, right? Well, guess what? When we introduce bacteria to the roots, we're not killing bacteria. We're not doing anything. Those are bacteria that were selected from a natural environment. We screened them to find the best ones. We introduced them at a population in a formulation that helps us to create the effect we want. And the end result is rather than you, just like with farmers harvesting more soybeans from doing the right thing, we harvest more nutrients from that rhizosphere. So when we're cultivating the rhizosphere, it's not that different from what farmers are doing in their own crops. Putting the good back into the ground is why I want to simplify it. How do you determine which biologics that you put into the crop? That is an excellent question. And it's the same question I think on every farmer's mind. If it's not on their mind, it should be. You need to follow the science. You need to follow the economics. You should trust who you're talking to. Do they have the data? Do they have the history? Do they have enough research under their belt to say they're confident and they can show you that this product does what they say it does. The reality is that all biologicals, uh, part of the reason they haven't been more aggressively adopted as an entire segment, right, as an industry, part of the reason they haven't been adopted is because biologicals typically don't have a, a very high win rate compared to glyphosate or BT corn or something like that. So it's not 100%. If you get to 80 or, or above, you're really very successful in biologicals. And so you should, you, sh you gotta understand that going down a trust relationship. I mentioned, uh, the economics behind it. I'm going to tell you, you should look for something that you feel very confident about being able to get above a three to one ROI. Most people will tell you we've got a three to one ROI. Make sure it meshes with their data. And uh, that's been the goal from where we began this journey. And that's those are the metrics that we'll continue to pursue. It's always kind of interesting to me to hear about these 
biologics because that is something that I am not familiar with. More information is always good if you ask me. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Midwest Farm Report. And here's a bit of farm news. Corn stored in Wisconsin on December 1st totaled 452 million bushels. That's up 9% from the same time last year, according to the latest USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service grain stocks report. 57% of the corn was stored on farm, and nationally, corn in storage was 12.2 billion bushels on December 1st. That's up 13% from last year. And 7.83 billion bushels were stored on farm. That's up 16% from 2022. And soybeans in storage in Wisconsin on December 1st totaled 83 million bushels. That's down 7% compared to last year. 33% of those soybeans were stored on farm. And nationally, 3 billion bushels of soybeans were in storage. That's down 1% from 2022. And 1.45 billion bushels of soybeans were stored on farm. That's down 2% from last year. I don't know if you realize it or not, but at the end of calendar year 2023, Dr. Joel Lauer, University Extension Corn Specialist, actually officially retired. I know, came as a surprise to me as well. He has been such a fixture of Wisconsin agriculture for so many years. I thought it'd be a good time to come on in and chat with us a little bit about what's the next chapter to hold in store for Dr. Joel Lauer. Joe, first of all, on behalf of not only corn growers, but all of us in Wisconsin agriculture, agribusiness, it has been just a real pleasure. I can't believe how the time has flown. How long were you with UW? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was with UW 30 years. Holy man. See, again, that feels like just yesterday <laughs> for sure. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what uh, brought Joe Lauer to Wisconsin those 30 years ago. What uh, what was your stage in life and uh, what did you find first most attractive about the position or the state? Well, I came from the University of Wyoming. I had uh, been nine years uh, there working with every crop except corn, actually 24 different crops. And I really came to the University of, of Wisconsin because uh, really of the position. And not only that, but the extension system that we had at that time. It was, um, I think, head and heads above all anything else in the country. And um, it was a nice mix between developing your own field research program and then spending a lot of time and a lot of meetings in the wintertime going around and sharing that information. And that really attracted me. I have, I've always considered myself more of a teacher than anything else, uh, primarily an extension. But but um, that's really what uh, kind of got me here. And, um, and not only that, but our family is from Minnesota, so it was a little closer than Wyoming. But um, what really attracted me, though, was the, the position and, and the fact that University of Wisconsin Extension was so strong. What did we look like as a state when you came 30 years ago? Wisconsin corn production, our acres. I mean, people have to realize the technology, what we were doing with corn then is a far cry different than today. Well, we just come out of really the farm economic crisis of the 1980s. We'd had really four years uh, of the last six or eight years before then. We'd, we'd gone through major droughts in 1988 and 89. And then we had some really cool wet seasons in 92 and 93. And uh, we did have a few good years in there, but we'd, we'd really been st- struggling weather-wise as well as financially uh, during that time. And uh, so, you know, at the time, it was, um, it, it, it was just a real struggle uh, out there. I, and since that time, 
I kind of call it the demise of the red dairy barn and the rise of the granaries um, in, in throughout Wisconsin. We've seen the uh, dairies become much larger. They're not typically red dairy barns anymore, uh, and, and the dairies are larger. But the other thing that's happened is we've seen more and more grain bins around, around the state. When I, when I came, there weren't very many uh, here, and now there's a lot more cropping that is going on uh, among the, the farms that are, are, that are in the state. So over time... That's what's really changed. But at the time that I started, we were just kind of at the end of this uh, of the red dairy barn phase, if you will, of of the dairy industry here in Wisconsin. And then the industry started uh, really making pretty rapid advancements. You were part of those conversations uh, early on. I mean, I said BT corn was nothing we had heard of. Everybody was pretty alarmed and kind of keeping an eye on that type of technology. So just the sheer mind frame had to have been different on the producers you dealt with. Right. The uh, You know, we started off with tissue cultured corn where we'd select uh, corn hybrids basically based on, on um, you know, how well it, the cells would do in a test tube with herbicides in it. So that was kind of tissue culture based. But in 1996, a couple of years after I came, uh, the bioengineered era really started with the release of BT corn borer traits. And that, since that time, uh, just navigating all of that uh, was a real challenge. We used to have kind of two core principles of selecting hybrids, but with the, uh, with the advent of the bioengineered era, we had to add a, I added three more to that just to help navigate uh, what was going on during that time. There was a lot of flux, a lot of changes, and the industry was probably spending as much time trying to incorporate those those um, different transgenes into the hybrids as they were trying to keep the yield march going on that we see with corn. And, uh, and that's been a real struggle through this first 25 years of the bioengineered era. So when you saw yield results, now granted, like you said, you're coming from Wyoming. It's not like you were in the center of Iowa or something like that. But when you saw your first few years yield results, giving in mind the weather challenges, did you ever say to yourself, whoa, man, what did I get myself into? I got all these dairy cows around me. Um, There's these weather challenges where you still have snow on, you know, the 15th of April, uh, a surprise frost. Father's Day weekend, and I remember having those kinds of conversations with you. Did you ever say to yourself, Joe Lauer, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, I've, I've oftentimes felt like I was in a hurricane and I was sitting in the <laughs> eye and just pulling in various things to kind of deal with. But actually coming from Wyoming, the agriculture out there where I was at was very intense, and we were producing very high yields at the time, 270, 250 bushels in, in 1994 because we had kind of unlimited water out there. So we did produce very good corn there, but coming to Wisconsin um, was really a big change in that uh, the, the bioengineered era was was going on. And then the other big thing that was happening was the development of more and more corn silage in the, in the dairy rations. And through... <laughs> Uh, the work of like Jim Coors and Randy Shaver, two people that I really uh, uh, enjoyed working with and developing a corn silage evaluation program uh, was uh, a kind of a kept me really busy in those in those early in those early years and and you know now we're at the point where um, you know it's kind of getting to the point where two hundred bushel yield level is kind of average now. 
But when I started that first year in 1994, we set a new record. It was 141 bushels. That was an 18% increase over the previous record. And uh, I thought, man, this might be kind of easy, but uh, yeah. it hasn't. It hasn't worked that way. There's been a lot of, a lot of challenges. A lot of them are weather because we are on the northern edge of the Corn Belt, and and weather influences uh, Wisconsin production a lot. Again, Dr. Joel, our University Extension Corn Specialist, uh, soon emeritus, I guess we say, after they retire. And uh, But look for his face around, like we said. He'll be around Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, I'm sure, and other events statewide. And I told Joe, the last thing I want to ask you, for all the years that I've known you, Joe, and we've had umpteen conversations, I can't, uh, can't count, but of all the people in all the state of Wisconsin, if you can think of one thing, what... One thing don't we know about Dr. Joe Lauer? <laughs> well, um, I think one thing you probably don't know is that I'm an avid biker, bicyclist, biker. I've uh, biked across Wisconsin, biked across Iowa, biked across the country uh, in, in uh, various times. Um, uh, usually it's kind of like two-week segments at a time. And so one of the things I'm going to do when I retire this year is uh, my brother and I are going to bike down the Pacific Coast. Um, He lives in Portland, and we're going to start in Vancouver and get as far south as we can, for sure, Northern California, but we're going to go keep on going eventually in another year or so. So you may not know that about me, but that's what I do. I usually bike into campus from Wanakee, and, um, and I've done that for a lot of years, but I'm a fair weather biker. I don't if it's if it's stormy out, I'll I'll drive. But uh, <laughs> I do like to do a lot of I do like to bike uh, around, and there's a lot of places to do that. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Oh, and, no wonder uh, you like enjoy, Madison. Yeah, and I enjoy that. That's always kind of interesting when there's that one thing that you've kept yourself, and and it's always good to have goals, whether you're retired or working. Get those goals out there. So that was Dr. Joe Lauer. And he is retiring. And right on cue, we've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. A little Good bit morning. more chilly today, but it's going to get better next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really warm, though. I mean, like, unusual. Yeah, un- unusual. I guess that seems to be the, the weather pattern all the time nowadays. <laughs> it's nothing, nothing normal and big swings all the time. So. Yep. But so, how has the cold weather affect the cattle that have gone through your livestock market? Uh, it's it's a little hard on them, I'd say. You know, and uh, volume's definitely been a little bit lighter this week. So, but that's uh, prices were good. All right. Well, let's hear what those prices were. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction uh, shaped up. Uh, we had a lighter run, uh, like I said, below zero temperatures yesterday with uh, 100 head of dairy cattle, uh, top fresh cows. Uh, market was very good, uh, 2,200 to 2,800. We had a load of 30 fresh Jersey cross cows, average over 2,400. Uh, many other cows from 1,750 to 2,175. Top spring and heifers, 1,850 all the way up to 2,600, uh, lesser 
quality and blemish cows and spring and heifers 1700 and down. Today, Thursday, uh, sheep and goat auction uh, at 11, uh, followed by calves and market cattle. Uh, reminder, next week, Tuesday, that'll be our special monthly dairy heifer auction. If you're buying or selling dairy heifers, uh, proven results there, guys, from uh, multiple states coming for that sale. Uh, that will be next Tuesday, and then we will sell feeder cattle after the dairy heifers. Wednesday, big, big dairy cattle auction. Uh, we're going to have over 250 Holstein Parlor freestall cows. Uh, got a herd of 110 parlor cows. Uh, got an exceptional group of uh, Swiss and Swiss Cross uh, freestall cows that are some of the best we've sold. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Check out our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And don't forget Large Farm Machinery Auction coming up March 15th. We are now accepting consignment. So give us a call. That's the way things are shaping up, Joe. I think you said your numbers are down, but I think you're always just as busy as can be over there, aren't you? Yeah, it's always something going on, but yeah. Like I said, yeah, in, in, in this cold weather, I mean, when you're selling market cattle, I mean, usually the worse the weather, the better the market cattle sell. So always keep that in mind today, you know, so. All righty. Always good right. to have some of that advice out there. You bet. Thanks a lot. Yep. Have a great day. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. For those who work in acres, not an hour, in the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's always good to hear from Morgan McCarthy and some local news. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. The sheriff in uh, Taylor County says a weekend death at a local mental health facility was a homicide. That investigation now continues as deputies found 61-year-old Joseph Bonney dead at the almost home again mental health facility in the town of Aurora. He'd been strangled with the sheriff's office saying a suspect has been identified but not named yet. There's no threat to the public. The sheriff said no arrests have been made, but they're looking closer into the details of the case. In other headlines, some more details about a fire last night expected to come in this morning. That was along Mitchell Road with Cruz rushing to the scene after smoke was billowing out of a shed. No reports of any injuries, with firefighters likely releasing more answers today. We go to the Capitol level, where Wisconsin lawmakers are looking to update rules for strip searches when it comes to students in our state's schools. The state assembly is scheduled to vote today on a new plan that would expand strip searches to include stripping students down to their underwear. The proposal would also make it clear just when someone can order a student to take off clothes. The change comes after a superintendent near Green Bay ordered a group of high school girls to to strip down to their underwear as part of a vape cartridge search. Prosecutors weren't allowed to charge the superintendent because Wisconsin law didn't cover underwear searches in school. We may be thinking more hot chocolate these days, but soon enough we'll have that warm weather back and those lemonade stands could be legal. A Senate panel will hold a hearing today on a plan that would stop local governments from requiring kids and teens under 18 from needing a license to open up a lemonade stand or something similar. The proposal says as long as the stand is operated only occasionally and doesn't sell potentially hazardous food, then kids could could open up a stand as they see fit. And from lemonade to fruit juice, a new Harvard study shows a link between juice and weight gain in children and adults. Sarah Lee Kessler squeezes out the details. It's a new analysis of 42 prior studies which found that drinking a glass or more a day of 100% fruit juice is linked to weight gain, not just in kids, but in adults. The study, published in JAMA Pediatrics, says the actual weight gain is small but significant because juice causes a sugar spike and too much sugar in the blood, well, that can lead to obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Experts say the bottom line is skip the juice and eat the orange or apple itself and use pork 
portion control, no more than half a cup a day for young kids. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. Even better, stick with the good stuff. Glass of milk, right? Got to get it made first, though, and you're probably doing that right now. Chores underway in the barn as we head back to it with Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Report. Thanks, Morgan, for that update, and I agree. Have that glass of milk. We're going to take another look at farm news. So U.S. tractor sales were down in 2023, but combine sales were higher for the year, according to the latest data from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Total U.S. farm tractor sales fell 5.1% in December compared to 2022, with year-to-date sales 8.7% lower than a year ago. Tractors rated at 100-plus horsepower grew 5.2% for the year, but tractors rated at less than 40 horsepower fell 10.7% in 2023 sales. Combine sales were up 1.7% in December in the United States. And I also have numbers for Canada. Four-wheel drive farm tractor sales jumped 64.9% in December and finished the year up 44.4% higher for the year. Total tractor sales finished 2023 down 14% for December and 10.7% lower for the year. All sizes of tractors, other than the four-wheel drives, had double-digit declines in sales in December. Combine harvesters did gain 5.5% in sales in 2023. Increases in sales for both tractors and combines in 2023 is a welcome event for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers as 2024 starts out. They are expecting a strong equipment market for the new year and into the future. And yesterday, I gave away some tickets for the 2024 Central Wisconsin Sports Show. I still have some tickets available. So if you're interested in going to the 2024 Central Wisconsin Sports Show that starts on Friday, February 9th and runs through Sunday, February 11th at the Central Wisconsin Convention and Expo Center in Rothschild. And uh, show hours are Friday 3 to 8, Saturday 9 to 6, and Sunday 10 to 4. I have some more tickets available. Email waxbob at gmail.com for those tickets. So I still have some tickets available for the 2024 Central Wisconsin Sports Show in Rothschild, Friday, February 9th through Sunday, February 11th. And I'd be happy to hand those out. I did mail out the ones that I uh, request that I had yesterday. So just trying to get through all the paperwork. We need to head to markets and we're going to go to Barron Equity and hear from Al. For your January 17th market report, 135 on our steers to 152, we topped out at 154. With our cow cows from 93.50 to 99, we topped out at 106. With 60% selling from 71 to 92.50 and 20% 70 and down. Cow bulls today were from uh, 90 to 105, we topped out at 115. Uh, just a reminder, March 16th will be our sheep and goat sale. So if you have any questions, please contact me here at the market at 608-477-5825. Thank you and have a nice day. And we're going to hear some more markets. We're going to slide south to Sparta Equity and hear from Hot Eman. The weather was cold today, but the market was hot. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger. 
Highly in choice beef steers and heifers 173 to 180. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 162 to 172. Beef and dairy cross steers 145 to 165. Highly in choice Holstein steers 151 to 158. Choice and select Holstein steers 140 to 150 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 110 to 139. Cow market steady to stronger quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar twenty-five. Hailing slaughter dairy cows 95 to 110. Cutters and utilities 49 to 94. With the low yielding and kinder cows 48 cents and down. Bull market steady. Most bulls bringing 97 to 112. With a thin full and bulls were 2,200 pounds discounted at 96 cents and down. Just a reminder our next sale will be Thursday, January 18th for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale. With dairy cattle starting at 12 noon, followed by feeders at 12.30. This is Hut Amor at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update. And we thank you for your business. We're going to head north and hear from Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And uh, still a little cool up there? Well, good morning to you, Jill. Uh, yeah, it's uh, whatever, I guess it's relative at this point, uh, all these colder temperatures. I do have one positive, one above. But one good thing i notice is been noticing since I got up is I looked out and the flag is just uh, almost still. So there's... I don't know what the forecast is for wind chill later on today, but right now there's basically no wind, so that really makes a difference. But it's uh, it's still cold, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yep. Well, let's hear what the market did yesterday. Uh, we'll tell the folks about that. Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start off with the feeder cattle sale, obviously, because of the cold weather. Lighter run of feeder cattle yesterday. Uh, light test on most classes most class of the feeder cattle, but the lighter weight beef steers yesterday, mostly from 185 to 250. Heavier beef steers from 140 to 230. Lighter weight, uh, lighter weight beef heifers from 165 to 230. Heavier beef heifers, mostly 140 to 190. Holsteins, about all weights of Holsteins yesterday. Holstein feeder steers were talking at 130 to 155. Market auction, uh, different story on the market auction. Very strong this week on cows and uh, fed cattle. Uh, so on the cow market, a summary of the cow market yesterday, high-yielding fleshy Holstein beef cows, and they are selling mostly from uh, uh, 95 to to $1.15 up to $1.18. Uh, most of the cows this week so far are been selling between 75 and 95 and that's the majority of the cows. Thinner cows, plainer cows, 72 and below. Bull trade, better quality bulls from uh, 94 to $1.15, lighter bulls, 90 and below. Uh, on the calf market this week, again, with the cold weather, buyers pretty selective on the calves, but uh, the good quality, 9,230-pound, good quality, strong bull calves, selling from 200 to 400. Uh, limited demand on the heifer calves this week, mostly 150 and below, but decent demand on the beef calves does continue, 300 to 600. And uh, we are at Thursday here. Our auction does start this morning at 11 a.m. with market cows. We'll sell market cows, of course. Uh, fed cattle, just uh, just forgot to give an update on the fed cattle yesterday, too. Uh, choice grading Holstein steers were mostly from, uh, uh, selling mostly from uh, 135 to 149. High-yielding choice and prime Holsteins yesterday from 149 to 154. Select cattle, 128 below. And getting back to today's auction now, 11 o'clock, we will sell market cattle along with the uh, cows, uh, including the cows, uh, Fed cattle and uh, bulls, baby calves, uh, the uh, noon hour, and uh, finish up this afternoon. So, again, uh, it's going to be cold, but uh, it is okay. Well, Jill, nice talking to you this morning. We'll be back here tomorrow morning. And, uh, Jill, you take care in the meantime, and uh, have a nice day. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. Well, before we take our one last look at our markets, I am giving away some tickets. I gave away some yesterday. I still have a few left. For the 2024 Central Wisconsin Sports Show. 
It's at Rothschild at the on starting on February 9th through Sunday, February 11th. And it's at the Central Wisconsin Convention and Expo Center in Rothschild. So if you're interested in some tickets that we have to give away, email, use Bob's email, waxbob at gmail.com. I do have access to that. And the ones that emailed in yesterday, I already sent those out. So you will be receiving those, but I still have some tickets left over. And this weekend is the free fishing weekend. So all the regulations are in place. You can't take more fish than you're supposed to. You just don't need a license. Go to Wisconsin DNR to find out more about that. And the Asu Fairchild FFA invites you to their pancake breakfast and the returning toy show on Sunday, January 21st from 8 till noon. It's at the Asu Fairchild High School Cafeteria. And it's an all-you-can-eat with a menu of pancakes, sausage, applesauce, fruit, dessert, milk, and coffee. So head on down to Asio if you're interested in pancakes on Sunday morning. It's kind of refreshing to get those started. And a shout-out to uh, FFAs out there or 4-Hs or any nonprofit if you have some of those events that you'd like me to share on the farm show. You can email them to waxbob at gmail.com or you can email them to me at farm at midwestfamilyec.com. So always good to get those current events out there and um, gatherings from the pancake breakfast to, oh man, we talk cookie walks, we do all kinds of things. Well, it is time for our one last look at our markets. With that cold Arctic air here and the good weather in Brazil, but it is dry in Argentina, we've seen some movement on our grain prices. Corn for March is at 4.44, up two cents. March oats, 3.60, up six and a half cents. With March soybeans at 12.12, up six and a half cents. And our March soybean meal is at $359 a ton, up a dollar. And March wheat is the only one that went down today, and that's down only a half to $581. And our country elevator prices. Golden Plump and Arcadia is at $411 for their corn. Baldwin, $379 and $1127 for their beans. Chippewa Falls and Connersville, $378 and $1140. Durand, $374 and $1117. Mondovi, $379 for corn and $1122 for beans. Elmwood, $384 and $1127. Fall Creek, $374 for corn and $1117 for beans. In Osseo, $389 for corn and $1127. Elk Mound, $384 for corn and $1134 for beans. Sparta, $387 and $1127. Ellsworth, $369 and $1122. And in Loyal, $384 and $1123 for beans. And Arcadia, $389 and $1133. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville, we're sitting at $408. Stanley, $404. And New Richmond, $399 for their cash corn prices. And sliding on over to our cheese markets. Barrels, $146 and three quarters, down a quarter. 40-pound blocks, 150 down one and a half. And our gray double-A butter, 258 up one and a quarter. And our class three milk futures, 
January holding steady at 1516. February 1571 down two cents. March 1614 down four cents. April holding steady from yesterday at 1619. And May 1750 down eight cents with that market trending downward through the end of the year. And our one last look at our weather. There is a wind chill advisory out there for many of the counties in our listening area. But right here in Eau Claire, we're sitting at two degrees below zero with a two degrees below zero wind chill. So the winds are pretty still right here, right now. Today, we're going to stretch on up to 10 degrees, double digits, two days in a row. Tonight, down to negative four. Tomorrow, seven. Tomorrow night, 11 below. And then starting on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're going to really see the cold kind of go away and get up into the 30s into next week. So that's what I have for the farm show for you this morning. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at waxradio.com.